Hello, welcome to Codependent and Shit, a real ass bitch talking about real ass shit. What is up, guys? How you doing? Hope you're doing well, staying sane and safe through the craziness that is now life. Um, I like to call it any time before now is be the real BC. No, not the real BC. I didn't mean that, but like it's like the new BC before Corona. Any time before now. It's funny. Um, I hope you guys are doing good. So I think we're gonna be in this for a long time. I don't really know nothing. You know, I don't know anything. No one, no one knows. But it just keeps dragging out. So this is this really I think is the new normal. And I don't fucking know. I'm scared. So this episode, I just wanted to go over some things um, and talk a little bit about some codependency because that's what my show is about. And um, I have books still about it and I'm just going to talk about some things but also go through a list I decided to compile of what not to do on a dating app. Just some tips. I've been on apps for a long time through the years and Obviously, my tips are probably going to be more from a woman's perspective because I'm a woman, but I don't know. It applies to everyone. Um, First, I wanted to quickly mention a couple things. I am going to be a content creator for an app coming out in August. That's exciting. I auditioned, and it's going to be this app that's kind of like social media with radio like live talk radio where I can I'm gonna talk to people I don't know but I'm gonna be a content creator for them I'm still not fully aware of like how the app's gonna work it hasn't launched yet but I got the gig and I'm excited and also I got baptized last Friday it was super spur the moment that it worked out and I was like okay I need to go do this because it just it was working out (laughs) and I got photographed and I've done a lot of cool shit in my day. Like I've been in bands and gone to cool shows and you know, I've always wanted to get a cool picture of me taken like at an event um, because I crowd surf, I would do all the things. And I was like, oh, it'd be so cool if like OC Weekly or um, one of the like local newspapers would get a picture of me because they would go take a lot of pictures at these events, but I would never get in a picture. And after I got baptized and I was prayed over, I realized this man had photographed me that had a really large camera and I saw on his name tag that he was with the LA Times. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? So the other night, a couple nights later, I was laying in bed and I was like, I bet you anything, I'm going to have a picture of me on an article in the in the LA Times. Like, watch. When I had no makeup on, I was so vulnerable. I was crying. <laughs> this is going to be when it happens. Especially because I've been staying quiet. I was really feeling scared and apprehensive to be open about this transition for myself because I know people are going to judge me. I know people are going to be like, what the heck? Um, so I've been afraid about that. But at that moment when I was laying in bed thinking that, I'm not kidding, the, the exact moment my phone lights up and it's my friend saying, you're in the LA Times. And I find the article and there is my face with my name, my age, the city I'm in, I'm crying, I'm being prayed over and 
it is so intense it was such an intense photo i had no idea i was being photographed at the time and you can just see how real this whole experience was for me and is for me and i'm grateful that i got a picture but if anything god is like yo don't be afraid be loud and proud i'm not gonna let you be quiet about this and now you know i'm forever in that picture it's so cool but it's just crazy how that is when i finally get a picture of me that i and that is cool and um yeah i wanted to share that um i shared it on my instagram if you want to see the that picture it's just so crazy um anyways that's just all i wanted to talk about i'm really keep thinking all the time how i want to keep talking more about all the unveiling unveiling i'm doing with new age and law of attraction all this stuff that is literally so intertwined with the self-help um industry and i'm finding out so much that i didn't realize was deceptive and bullshit and i'm honestly also trying to really understand why self-help and new age go hand in hand together and i really think it's starting to think it's because i was i wondered this when i was in new age too i was like why is it so because my friend sylvester mcnutt you might have heard of him he's all over instagram like his he writes books he's got like seven bestsellers reconnected he's in the self-help industry he's grouped with new age when i started unfollowing new age pages he was um they said oh instagram like you follow like seven other accounts like this and i looked at what these other accounts were and he's on there and i was talking to him about i'm like why is why are you on with grouped in with these new age accounts that are literally like they're very like woo woo spiritual manifestation crystals yoga reiki energy healing he's grouped in he doesn't even talk about that stuff he talks about like self-love he's writing a book that's coming out about self-love and he's just in self-development and i was like why are they so intertwined why are there so many coaches that teach new age practices that are supposed to be like self-help coaches and they do new age stuff and i'm honestly starting to think the correlation and why they're so intertwined is because new age is deceptive and keeps you in a cycle and so it's actually very profitable for people that are working in the self-development world to teach new age as a way to guide them through self-help because they'll never actually heal they'll just keep buying more shit they'll just keep buying more courses more books more coaches more because it it's literally a loop it's it never gets you where you think you're going i think that's honestly why and that is fucked up i'm sorry it's fucked up and i'm i'm sorry that i keep talking about this and i'm like so tempted to do more episodes about this i don't want to though because my show's not about that but i'm gonna record my testimony soon on youtube and i don't know if this is stuff that is resonating for you write to me because i want to talk about it but i don't also want to make my show about something it wasn't meant to be about but who knows man i'm just rolling with the flow i'm just going with it right now um and that's what's coming up for me is how lost i was in all that and i have so many episodes about it and i don't want to delete them because there was so much potent good stuff still in those episodes but i had a lot of tones of new age practices in my podcast episodes and i do not 
I don't um, align with that anymore and I don't support it and I don't think you should do those things. Okay? I don't. Anyways, let's get to what the show is supposed to be about today. We're going to go over what not to do on a dating app. Okay. Well, I'm going to start off first with number one is do not join a dating app because you're sad or you're miserable, you're bored, or you're trying to get over someone because all you're doing is distracting yourself from your pain and your pain isn't going to go away. If you're miserable and sad, you're just going to put that on someone you'd meet. You're just looking to fill the void, fill a void. If you're trying to get over someone and you don't want to feel the pain of your breakup, you're just prolonging the pain. It's still going to go. You're not going to make it disappear. You're just pushing it down with distraction and it's going to come up. Except maybe you'll be mourning two people at once. Like it doesn't work like that. So first off, what are your intentions? If your intentions to date are to, because you think this is going to make you happy and you aren't happy right now. Um, I can just save you time and tell you it's not going to make you happy. It might for a temporary time. It is not going to last. It is not going to last. If your intentions are to date other than you just are, you are content, you are happy, you're chilling and you're like, yeah, I'm open to dating. I have no expectations. I don't think I need this. I'm good without it. But you know what? Like I'm down to try it. That's like the best vibe you could have. Yeah, I just said vibe. (laughs) is um, to have a neutral intention and not be seeking to fill or distract. Okay, number two, if you aren't looking for sex, don't put up promiscuous pictures. Um, it's just na- human nature of men. I don't know. I'm not saying it's okay, but if you have up pictures that are sexual, that are like a lot of your body being revealed it that's the kind of attention you're gonna get I'm sorry but it's true my sister used to always put up pictures of her in like bikinis and stuff that she would get taken like professional bikini photos whatever on her social media and uh, not social media on her dating profiles and she'd always be like I get so many dick pics I don't know why I get so many dick pics and I was like I know why you get dick pics because they see naked skin and they think naked they think sex like it's just like their reptile brain dude I don't know they literally like that's what they think they see that and they're just like ooh, me me horny me see naked skin me want to have sex like that is literally I'm pretty sure how it goes and I was never getting I never put up pictures like that especially because I used to be really self-conscious about my body but I never got dick pics I never really I if you're modest you're not really gonna get that it's they think your intention is their intention too if you have that stuff it just is what it is i'm sorry contrary to maybe what i've said in recent times i don't know i was going down a weird path with thinking i really want to be openly sexual and you know what that wasn't even me i don't know what the fuck was going on i i thought i wanted to explore polyamory too um not a month a few months ago when i was still a new age i was starting to think i wanted to be polyamorous i was starting to wanting to be open with my sexuality and I'm seeing women that are doing now what I thought I wanted to do and it, it, I don't feel the same about it. I think it's, it's not for me and I don't know what was coming over me. I also, I don't think I royally could do polyamory. I want monogamy. Like, 
I don't know what the fuck was over me, but it wasn't me. And I'm glad that I, I don't know, man, it freaks me out. Anyways, going to keep going. Um, if you're also not looking for sex, I would state on your profile somewhere like that you're looking to date or you're not, you're looking for a committed relationship. Just be as upfront as possible without sounding like a bitch because some, some people do that. They're like, don't even message me if you're a fuck boy. And like, I don't know, that just doesn't sound like welcoming. You just don't want to have like, you know, that kind of energy. Also, if you aren't just looking for a hookup, do not go to someone's house as a first date. Do not accept Netflix and chill as a date. Do not accept going in the jacuzzi at his house as a first date. That is not a fucking first date. That is a hang and bang. And if they're even trying, if if you just start talking to someone and they say, hey, yeah, why don't you come over as your first date? Just be done right there. That's what I do. If the if I'm talk, start talking to someone and they say they want to meet up and I'm open to it and then they offer that as the first meetup, bye. Mm-mm. Don't even nope. You literally know their intentions. And even with the pandemic right now, still outdoor dining open, parks. You can go outside. You do not need to go to someone's house. Okay. Like, don't. Don't accept that. It's not a date. Tell them, oh, you could take me on a date. You're allowed to have expectations for yourself. You're allowed to expect a man to take you out if you're a a girl. Or, I don't know, guys. I don't know how this applies to you. I don't think girls are really luring men over to have sex. But, like, maybe they are, too. Probably some. I don't know. Number three or four. I forget where we're at. Do not double message. If someone isn't replying to you... And this applies, like, you know, and texting too. But, like, if you're on an app and a girl or a guy has not replied to you since your last message, why do you think that sending another message is going gonna, is gonna to help the cause? I mean, recently I had this guy do this. He goes, I don't even think it had been that long. He's like, you're just going to leave me on red? Or, like, what did he say? You're just going to leave me hanging and I was like first of all I'm a busy person saying well I don't owe you anything and third of all I was gonna reply and now I'm not gonna move forward with this because this is just a little peek at how you're gonna be as a potential dating partner no one owes you a response when you think someone owes you a response and sending a double message is not gonna make a girl suddenly be like oh he right oh he's right I should talk to him no, we just are like, what the fuck? Ew, stop. And to keep pushing it and pushing it. If she's not replying, send more and more messages. What are, where is the logic? Oh, this will work. Okay, I'll send one more message. This should work. No, it doesn't work. It's never going to work. Um, the next one is don't be negative on your profile. Um, I've been guilty of this. I totally was on apps for the wrong reasons and I was so bitter and it was totally like, being portrayed on my page I was like so over over vapid conversation blah blah blah. not a good look no one wants to engage with someone that isn't even welcoming on their the first part of this whole dating process over online is the profile and if your profile is already negative what kind of person are you probably a negative person they probably don't want to date you I'm just saying like don't have something that's already like 
shooting people down before they've even messaged you. Um, Don't use old pictures of you. So many people are guilty of this. Don't do it. I don't get this because why would you want to talk to someone and then set yourself... Like if you know you don't look like your pictures, your old pictures or like catfishing, whatever... And then you really want are going to meet up with this person. Why would you even put yourself through that? Like where you're going to meet them in person and they're going to be very disappointed. They might react and get really upset. Or they're just going to sit there through the date. Ghost you. Go to the bathroom. Never. I've heard so many horror stories. That's why I've never. I will never do that. Even when I was overweight before. I didn't do it because I do not want someone to do that to me in person I want them to just know what I look like now so that when we meet it's not a surprise I don't get that I don't get why people do that because that is so it's fucked up to the other person and it's fucked up to yourself like you know what you're doing like it's gonna hurt regardless just be real yo um don't meet up with someone who wants to meet up within a couple messages and is like super pushy about getting your number like, I'm talking, like, I sent, like, two messages, and I'm like, let's go on a date. It's just, like, to me, I think it's a red flag at this point. Um, those people are, like, usually, like, serial daters, love addicts. Like, they're just looking for the next person. Um, I would just think, like, pra- being practical, when you're talking with someone you just met on an app, you do want to have a little bit of banter and going back and forth, getting to know them a little bit, kind of seeing how they are before you're committing to a face-to-face meetup or like a meal together like yo I'm not trying to just go sit down to a meal with just anyone because I don't want to just sit at a meal with anyone like if the guy is weird I'm gonna be like damn this what do I do and then you have to like call your text your friends to call you crying I hate that (laughs) I've only done that once um (laughs) seriously if they're so pushy like so when you want to get together, so what do you want to do? You want to, like, just, uh-uh, red flag. They're looking to fill a void with you. Don't be their void filler. Run. Um, this, this next one will go hand in hand with that. Do not believe people who right away, like you just, let's say you're on the app. Okay, you met, now you're texting. And right away within texting in a couple days, they're already saying ridiculous things. Like, you know, you're like, how is this person really saying this? Like, calling me baby saying like oh I haven't I haven't felt this way in a long time I think you're the one um it kind of talking with like hints of that you think they think you're gonna be their girlfriend or boyfriend they're well, you're gonna be exclusive just too much too soon red flag stop it run that is not authentic that is the sign of a narcissist that is also the sign of a love addict like just don't do it like that is not it's it's a red flag and I've ignored those and never once was I like oh let me ignore this red flag no I was just like god damn it I should have <laughs> not ignored that red flag because it was like right in my face and I was like I knew this was weird but I was like totally rolling with it yeah the the attention feels nice the val- it's a little validating but it's fake validation it's not real they don't mean it they say this to anyone like any pretty girl any good-looking guy it's not authentic they don't know you enough to say those things and mean it that is just facts let's be practical all right that's um i think that's all i could think of for now about not to do on a dating app so i hope that maybe that helps you a little bit if you're on the apps which 
a lot of you probably are because how are you meeting people in real life right now? You're not. <laughs> um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about is out of one of my books I still have about codependency. And it resonated for me because I've totally been here and I'm sure so many of you have. And it's, are you over-involved? Are you dating someone and, or maybe it's your committed relationship and it's about over-attachment, being overly attached to people. Um, It's excessive and the boundaries between you and this person are blurred or not uh, next to non-existent. So I'm going to read some of the signs um, when you can spot it. This is out of, by the way, Codependency for Dummies. Yes, that is a book. (laughs) Of course it is. Um, It's a good book. It's just really long. And um, I'm just going to read you some of the signs you can spot that you are over-involved. So let's use the person that you're thinking of right now when I'm saying this as X. Okay? This is X, or their X. Your moods depend on X. You can't be happy if X isn't. You have strong emotional reactions to X's opinions, thoughts, feelings, and judgments. You worry and think about X's problems. You analyze X's motives or feelings. You ponder what X is doing, not doing, thinking, or feeling. Your attention to X prevents you from having time for or interest in your careers, hobbies, activities, or friends. You only want to spend time with X and drop other activities if X disapproves or won't accompany you. You try to please X because you're afraid of rejection. You're anxious about doing things alone. Alright, how many of you are guilty of this? I've been so guilty of this so many times. I think all those things really tie into love addiction as well. Those are all things you're going to do if you're love addicted to someone, but... Like I've said before, love addiction is a manifestation of codependency. So, of course, this is in the book. Um, let's see. So, I just want to mention that when you're over-involved in this way with a person, you are basically making this person your god. You're idolizing them. They're on a, they're, they're your god. And nothing should be God to you except God. No a, no physical thing, no drug, substance, hobby, person, anything should be God to you that isn't besides God. And how would you know something, you're making something God, you're idolizing something, is when it controls you in this way. All of these signs are all sin- signs of this a person that is controlled by another person by how they feel what they're doing everything their your entire existence is defined by this person you cannot function unless you get that text today you cannot function if they don't stop in to say hi totally guilty of this because i started seeing a guy that worked in like for my building i talked about him and i would like not be able to function if he didn't come by to see me, he was an engineer for the building and if he, he usually would come by, but some days he wouldn't come by to see me and I would literally be sick to my stomach in knots, could not eat until 
I heard from him or saw him. And when he come in, I'd be fine. But until then, I would be obsessing over it. Obsessed. Ew. It was like the... I mean, I've been there like when I was younger too, but this was like last year, yo. And I was just... I made him God for me. And that was my own issue. Why? I've done a lot of work around that. Um... But I still struggle with it because he's in my life right now. But I've learned to detach. And that's why I want to tell you guys, you can detach. You can detach from anyone. If I could do it, you can do it. I've had someone write me in. It's the only hate mail I've ever received. But someone wrote in and was mad about how I'm dissing. I'm not dissing 12-step programs. I'm just saying it doesn't work for everyone. Not everyone is going to heal through a 12-step program. There's a lot of healing modalities. I, I respect in the 12-step programs that they cre- they make um, people realize that having God, a God, and a higher power is essential to healing addictions and behavioral addictions, all everything. That I do respect that they introduce that aspect because I, I wholeheartedly agree you need a higher power. However, I don't think that the 12-step program has to, if it doesn't work for you, doesn't work for you. And someone wrote in to me once and was like, yo, you uh, should humble yourself. You don't sound like you've achieved much. And I just want to tell y'all, I have achieved much. I am a different person. And I was sickeningly addicted to a guy who is in my life still, or like we've never even fully left, but I detached. I went from being completely love addicted to him to I am detached right now. I still have so much love for him. He is a really great friend to me. We still have like somewhat of an intimate relationship. But he, um, I'm not obsessed with him. I'm not addicted. And I, I honestly realize what, what tra- my past trauma he reignites and why that created the addiction. He reminds me a lot. He does things that remind me of my first relationship when I it was really abusive toxic so traumatic and even like my upbringing like this um up and down dynamic like you our nervous systems get addicted to these dynamics when we're a kid if you grew up in chaos your nervous system is literally like programmed to be adaptive to up and down because you never maybe you never knew what kind of mood your parent that raised you was going to be in maybe they were really crazy (laughs) and like really screaming it was like your nervous system though will attune to that and then as an adult you will try to seek out partners that recreate that nervous system uh addiction you i've always seek i've always seek partners that are up and down it's up and down up and down it's chaotic and I see that for what it is now. I'm not saying like I've fully healed that, but the allure of this man that I used to, that he used to have, the spell he had on me is like not there. And um, I can have him in my life in a much healthier way. It can be done. You can break this. So how do you do it? I'm gonna tell you right now. I have said this time and time again. A higher power. Pray. Pray to your higher power. To sincere, like sincerely ask that whatever you believe in, I don't want to start telling people what to believe in, but you know how I feel about New Age. Ask for this addiction to a person to be taken out 
to be taken from you to for you to start seeing the addiction for what it is to seeing why you idolize this person so much to take them off the pedestal they are on ask your higher power to make you see that this person is not your god and you don't need to idolize them more than your god and um I've even gone as far as asking God to rem- to make you feel disgust for these things that society would consider abusive, disgusting, to make you think those things are disgusting instead of you thinking that's attractive because that is the problem right there. We see abuse and being treated like doormats as attractive on like, the, on like a subconscious level and it's so hard to control. You're like, yeah, I know this guy that this girl's treating me like shit, but why can't I stay away from them? Why am I still wanting them? Because it's so hard to break. And that is where I think, honestly, it has to have supernatural intervention from God to remove that because I don't see any other way to really get to that. But there's, of course, things you can do is, um, is a lot of self-work, inner work in learning what boundaries are, learning to have appropriate boundaries, um, accepting reality for what it is. But there was a couple of specific things I wanted to talk about because they're helpful. Or I believe that they were helpful in my process, which is obviously focusing on yourself, focusing on your higher power. That's focusing on yourself, whatever you believe in. Really go ham on it and like start building a relationship with your higher power. Not just when you're hurting that you pray. I'm talking every day you have a relationship, you are in relationship with your higher power I had to realize that I know I've mentioned I've recently turned to Christ I had a wall up against Christ for many reasons but one of them was that I honestly believe was my father wound my father wound I projected onto Jesus I was like I don't I didn't trust Christ and a, a man being my God because I don't even trust man in general if you have a father wound and you're a girl or a guy, look at how you how that how your relationship is with with uh, men in general. Like, do you think men are just trustable? Do you think men are, are they leave that they can't be trust? You know everything. Um, and is that something you learned from your dad? Um, and are you projecting that onto men? Do you project that onto God? I projected that onto God and to Jesus. I predicted that onto him. I would not even give him a chance because I was like, I don't trust men. And now I'm like, oh my God, I feel this energy and I feel loved. And I feel, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's beautiful and amazing. Um, So focusing on yourself, obviously I totally think that it means finding your higher power and working with your higher power every day, but also taking care of yourself and asking yourself, what do I need right now? What do I need in every moment or taking it one day at a time to just focus on what do I need to do today to feel good? Go on a walk, do the things, anything to get yourself out of your head. Um, Another thing I think is huge is contrary action. They mentioned in this book and trying a new behavior. So if you often argue, be silent instead. If you're usually silent, speak up. If you usually react, don't react. If you're in a toxic duo with someone, like you're in a relationship that's toxic and you're both toxic, because that's usually, yeah, takes two to tango. If you, so you're in a dance, right? This is like a dance, you and your partner. 
and you're doing this dance, you've been doing it for who, I mean, maybe it's been six fucking years, because that's how long these things will drag on, these toxic cycles, if you're just keep doing the same dance, you always react the same way, you do the same things, and you, so if you change your dance, you take a little step to the left, to the right, you mix it up, your dance partner is going to have to match you. They're going to have to do the dance too. So if you change your pattern and hopefully it's something a little more healthy, your partner has to do the same. And if they can't, then they can't even dance with you and they're going to go and good, thank God. But if you want to try to make, maybe make this situation turn healthy and you don't want to break up, they'll act accordingly. They'll dance accordingly. They'll match your dance and they'll want to do the work with you. But if they can't match it and they don't like, and if you're doing this with a narcissist and you change your dance, they're probably going to discard you pretty fast. They're going to be over it because you're not giving them their fill, their narcissistic supply, which is like usually their, your adoration, your compliance, your, they're basically like they own you. So if you don't start following that, they're probably going to be like, all right, peace. Like, and you're going to be like, damn, they never gave a fuck about me. Because they don't give a fuck about anyone, dude. Um, so contrary action, man. Contrary action. Okay. Lose your mind and come to your senses. Um, obsession is fed by anxiety in an attempt to control pain or the future. Well, th- I mean, that is what it... That being that anxiety you feel is obsession over control is a huge realization that I, it really made me realize a lot when I realized that I was like, I have this anxiety because I want to control everything so bad. I want to control what he's saying and doing and how he cares about how he feels about me and all this shit, man, all this shit. Um, so do what gives you joy. Come to your senses. Um, also something I've mentioned a lot of times is to quit taking it personally, what you're making your partner's behavior mean. A lot of times we think people are being like mean or trying to hurt us or that they don't care because we've made their actions mean that. I'm not talking about if they abuse you, okay, different. But if like if they don't text you within an hour or two hours, or if they saw a text and got distracted, you are making a decision. If you are like, you don't care about me, you you don't even love me, or like you're over me today, you must be over it. You're making it mean that. You're deciding to make it mean that. That is not what it means. That's what you've decided to make it mean. That's a decision. They could just be busy and they love you and someone's communication patterns might not always be consistent it is inevitable that you might start texting with someone and if you're one of those people likes to text all day every day and you do that like so be it but they're probably going to be a day where it's just not as consistent because we're humans and that's life and people it's just not practical that's always going to be consistent but if you freak out at that inconsistency breaking that's your decision and more than likely if you freak out you're going to push that person away because that's codependent and like I've talked about I don't even get this text culture like where we're at like texting all day every day I don't I don't get it I don't think it's healthy (laughs) um I'm totally for like checking in on your partner and like sending oh like oh look at this cool thing or like you know but all day every day is just so 
it's just too much because then when you have that one morning where you don't get your good morning beautiful text or good morning baby like you are like in knots and you're like oh my god why didn't he text me and it's like it's too much let's be real no one owes us a response all the time and just because they're not texting doesn't mean they don't care we're all people some people aren't even like big texters i'm not i'm honestly awful at it especially lately i'm the worst i hope people don't take it personal but like i just get distracted i don't like texting in general i don't know okay well there's other things on here but i don't know how much i resonate with them because some of them's like it's just a lot but these are things that i has helped me and i feel so free from so much i've struggled with finally and like i've said a million times now i can't stress to you enough how finding my true higher power has freed me from all of this like i don't care about any of this shit anymore like i had to try to dig up what to make this episode about because usually i used to do episodes about things i was going through and i'm not going through any of this because i don't even care to date right now like i truly for the first i swear for the first time i'm not just saying it i mean it like i don't care like i really don't care all i care about is my son and getting more um in touch with what i want to do and create in this world to help people I don't even care about money. I just want to be of service and and have um, a good life, a happy life, a life full of peace. Um, that's what I started this podcast, started Codependent Shit. My goal was to obtain peace, inner peace, and to stop seeking validation externally. And um, I think I'm finally getting there. So I hope this episode was useful to some of you um if you like the show please go leave a good review in the on the store the itunes store is that where it is i i it's on apple apple Podcasts. (laughs) please leave me a review because if this is helping you and you leave reviews and um or ratings it helps bump up the podcast to be advertised to other people so if it helps you and you want it to help other people also like share the episode you're listening to on your story tag me like share it like if this has helped you and I know this show has helped a lot of people which is my is amazing to me makes me so happy um yeah spread the love and I hope you guys are doing well um take care I will talk to you next week love you bye